0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone, welcome to another video from Fantasy Football Scout. My name is Az, and I'm joined by the VIP of the 21-22 season. It's Mr. Jamie Piggott, world number one. I put a little star next to your name on the box, which you can't see, but no one's had a star before on the channel. <laughs> but you are the star. How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm good, Az. Thanks for having me on. This is funny. <laughs> it's been quite a while, it's been quite a few weeks. Uh, now since you, since you were crowned the champion, uh, as it sunk in yet, you're, you you have you got an agent, are you, you know, getting lots of like media deals and, and talk shows and everything.
1: Yeah. My, my wife likes to say she's my, um, my agent, my, my media ambassador. Um, but no, it's, it's sunk in. I think it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, you know, looking back. Um, I've done a lot of like looking back at my last season and, mm. and during periods of the season where I was just know playing to have fun and then as it got more and more real and serious um the the excitement built and then obviously at the end i'm sure we'll talk about it um but the the last couple game weeks were pretty pretty darn fun and um yeah so just it's been busy i think um having a hard time just balancing all the people that want to chat and um with my work Work and um, my family and but it's still fun a lot of fun it's um, I'm amazed you call it fun
0: because I can't imagine being world number one game week 37 I don't think I'd be having fun I think I would be so stressed going into that last week w- were you were you just kind of thinking whatever happens it's, it's a good season or you would have been pretty guided if you hadn't won it right
1: at that point yeah no, that was <laughs> that no, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily having fun at that moment it was more of a like walking into the the pub that we watched um the game we get at uh with you know all the games on it at one time, I was a little uh shaky. Um, you know, just like let's hope this goes this goes well and it was just it was hectic. Um, yeah. afterwards it was fun.
0: Oh yeah, I bet. I bet it was. I bet that's a, a night. A night that you want to remember but probably can't remember
1: too well. The, I'm guessing the thing is, is for you guys it's night, but for me it was it nine AM. Oh so, yeah
0: of course so it's a bit a
1: little bit different <laughs> <It's just laughs> had a whole day to, to play around yeah you got you got to start early i guess it's yeah uh, yeah that's yeah, it amazing was, it was, was walking into the 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 bar with a grab a pint to to ease the nerves at you know what was it 8 a.m
0: yeah it's up like being at an airport time doesn't really mean anything you can just you know when you're world number one going into of 38 it's, you know it's just it, no holds no holds barred so you're in you're in the states then um whereabouts in the states are you I'm in California, California, nice I don't yeah. think we've had a, a winner from, from America before. How do you find that kind of time difference, um, between the matches and deadlines and that kind of stuff? Cause I know people in, I've, I've chatted to someone from Australia who said they find that one of the most challenging parts of, of playing in, in, in a country of different time zone.
1: Yeah. And it's not too bad. I think most of the games are on at, you know, well. The early saturday game is is rough at 4 a.m i think are my time um but it's still not as bad as it's not like in the middle of the night they're all in the morning so it's just i'm up i'm up watching games um usually at 6 a.m oh on, you wow that um, is yeah so but i'm not I, I never if there was a deadline in the morning that i was i didn't i didn't wait and hang out to the deadline i made my moves on friday night and said it and i was done it's- um so i yeah it it was it's not as big of a challenge but there's certainly things that you miss out on that yeah you know it's just that's just life and (laughs) I didn't want to make sacrifices of setting alarms in the middle of the night to wake up
0: well it's it's interesting given last season because obviously there was so much disruption with with covid happening and games getting postponed and you know last minute fixtures getting cancelled and all of that and I would have thought it would put you at such a big disadvantage not being able to react quickly you know half an hour before the deadline and, and things like that even around that time were you still locking in your transfers early waking up and being like oh no that game's been
1: canceled that's a shame I think I think there was one or two times where I I did just like I had a a move I maybe made the move and then I was just like before the deadline let me just check to make sure something didn't yeah blow up and I'm my plans are all ruined and so i think i maybe one or two times i i did just like a quick check but then i went back to sleep i'm like okay that that that, that cancellation didn't affect me and I, I think i also got a little bit lucky in in the way that um and maybe it was partly strategic but i so, think i sometimes made moves with like oh i'm not going to captain that guy because i don't know if his mm-hmm. fixtures are going to be canceled um or i'm gonna make a move um and with the intent that I know that one might be canceled, so I'm not going to go that player maybe. So I think there was a couple times where I made a move like that. Um, but in general, I think I also just got lucky and that my players weren't the ones that had their games canceled. Yeah. And sometimes you need that. Um, and so.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So you're, you're, a, you're a big football fan, right? Big Spurs fan. Uh, yeah. You did a video for, for Spurs, which mm-hmm. uh, I hear you were very happy uh, to, to, to be a part of. Um, and the fact you, you watch games at kind of six in the morning, six in the morning is, is, you know, just, just shows how kind of passionate you are. FPL wise, uh, you've had three seasons now, your first season, bit of a write off 4 million, I'm guessing you probably weren't, did you join late or,
1: or maybe not taking it too mm-hmm. seriously? I, um, my buddy had invited me to, to, um, play FPL and I hadn't played it before. So I, I set it up and just did the default, you know, auto fill a team, um, and then i realized that i missed the first deadline and i had a wild card right away and then i was kind of like i'm not invested in this i, I let it go um and so that yeah, you know, that that doesn't count Let's just
0: from that, that to world number one i mean that is a that is a hell of a story isn't it um yeah. so the second thing anybody se- would be didn't no. think anybody
1: looking back at my my anybody at all would be looking at that so um it's kind of funny
0: <laughs> and then second season uh 230 230- thousand so taking it a bit more seriously at this point kind of a a a decent rank i'd say for your first first proper season
1: yeah no i think i I was still learning the rules um i think in the beginning of the season i think i um i had sold sun and then i bought him back the next week and i didn't realize that i just lost a bunch of money um and so there are things like that yeah i I hadn't figured out how to play the game how to use the chips best um but i i kind of as the season went on I, i just got more engaged with it. I found this strategy and, and all of it a lot more fun. And, um, but the, the, that first season, um, I was just kind of playing with my, my buddies and um, having fun, learning, learning how to play the game. Then the summer with the Euros um, and then kind of the hype for the next season, I started just paying more attention to content and mm. the things, the tools that are available in the community. And that's when. I got excited for this past season and kind of full in, um, was from the start was, you know, thinking about it a lot more, more serious than even that first season I was kind of just playing around.
0: Yeah. So you, you kind of, you really made that transition from kind of casual mini league play with friends to in the community, you know, looking at, looking at stats, maybe listening to, to content. Is there any kind of what main things do you kind of look at or, or, or listen to?
1: Um, yeah, I'll, i say there's a lot of great content out there. And so if somebody's looking for stuff, um, I think Twitter's was where I found most of the tools, um, that I used, um, uh, you know, FPL review and, and FPL optimize. And some of these great model based tools are, are great. Um, and I use some of that to kind of, um, I never followed models hundred percent. I kind of use them to inform my decisions yeah. or if I like was was you know if they are saying that oh this is like a no-brainer decision and i hadn't thought about it i'd think about it a little bit more and i you know use that to maybe find some things that i wasn't at all thinking about um but usually kind of played my own game with uh you know i watch a lot of games so i i kind of tie that into the data and xg xa and um you know expected um goals and and you know touches in the box that kind of stuff so Um, there's a lot of tools out there I I couldn't name them all that I use it's um, you know I kind of each one's a a tool in the toolbox that you can kind of use to help stitch together what Mm. your kind of philosophy and your game strategy is
0: I think it was a big year for kind of tools and algorithms and models and this kind of thing because I think more and more people started engaging with them and finding the kind of value of them and they improved um, you know quite a lot and it causes a little bit of division, I think, in the community between the people that are the purists, you know, they want to go with their gut and watch games and things. But you there's no reason why you can't do both, right? You can use a you can use a tool to help you make a decision and use your own viewing of a match to kind of supplement that as well. And that's what it sounds like you you've done. You've just done it in such an incredibly short window. You know, not people can play for years before kind of marrying the two kind of as perfectly as you seem to do this season.
1: Yeah, and and I think it's a lot of luck too. I mean, I I you have to see kind of where models and where the tools that are available don't you know don't hit things as good as well. No, um, not as strong in certain areas, and finding those ways to balance you know how you feel and kind of the enjoyment that you want to get out of FPL as a game. Like if you want to pick players from your own team, like that's great. I I picked a bunch of Spurs players this year. Um, also, because they were doing well. But, yep. um, you know, it, it's, I think everybody should play their own game the, the way that they want to play it. And, and I, I, you know, I had a lot of fun this year um, just getting more into the strategy around chips and planning and looking ahead at fixtures. I think um, that's one of the biggest things that um, that helped me um, of making a plan and kind of planning ahead, but mm-hmm. then also being flexible with that plan. And um, yeah, it yep. was fun. Yep, absolutely. Uh, let's take a look at your kind of game
0: weeks uh, just quickly, just to kind of see uh, where where all the magic kind of happens. So this is your game weeks one to 13. Um, I mean, a, a very solid start to the season. I think quite a few kind of engaged and uh, there, was, there was a strong template that emerged um, right from the start. doesn't normally do as well as it did last season, <laughs> but I think people who who got off the back of that, you know, you if you're around the million mark from, from game week one, and then that template continues to deliver. Uh it, it can be really powerful. So you 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 had a an overall rank of one million off the first game week. You then got mostly green arrows right down to game week 13. Uh and then you're in the top 20k. So 17k um in, in game week 13. Solid start. You wild carded in game week eight. Uh you got a, a green arrow then, and then you had another four green arrows off the back of that. So that that early wild card in, in game week eight was was quite keen. I'm guessing you got in the guys, Reese James um, all the ones that Ramsdale, all the ones that kind of delivered straight away, right?
1: Yeah, no, I had I, I think um, the the first handful of weeks I was kind of just average. I felt um, I felt a lot of people were doing better than me, and um, and I, you know, I, I didn't have Benarama for periods. I didn't have um, a couple of the people that were delivering strong in that template, but then gearing up for my game week eight wild card, I. You know, I made some decisions in six to take on a couple of short-term punts mm-hmm. to help me as I was positioning for that game week eight wildcard. And so I brought in Chilwell, the very first game that he played um, and he scored a goal and that was, um, and then I brought in Vardy, he scored a couple goals. He also got an own goal. Um, but those kinds of decisions leading up to my wildcard, I think was when I f- really kicked into starting to make some, make some moves and then yeah, I hit the wild card pretty, pretty darn perfect. Um, and yeah, really shot up into, into the top 20 K and, um, and that was kind of the, I think mm. those two decisions around six and eight were the the ones that really springboarded um, my season in, in a good shape.
0: Cause the, the world was interesting. Cause you went five at the back. Uh, so you, you bought in Chilwell and, and James who were, who were both doing so well, you kept Trent and Cancel you bought in Diaz. As well, So not a kind of attacking defender, but you doubled up on that kind of Man City uh, defense and they, you know, the amount of clean sheets they got and and points he got. And he was, as we've seen a bit, he was one of your kind of players of the season in the NDS who I haven't really, I didn't really see anyone's team um, that I was, I was looking at. He was a bit of a kind of a a differential uh, for you um yeah i
1: I had him for so long that he got a lot of points with low ownership that he shows up there but i i I had the same thought when i saw him on my kind of season highlight team and Mm. i I thought I just, I forgot that I had him for so long um, in the beginning of the season. And, and yeah, he was, he was getting points and City was getting clean sheets and they had such good fixtures in that period that it, I, I went for the double up, but I, I think I went for really big at the back with full five before mm. most people, most people were maybe going to four with Livermento as a, a cheaper um, enabler there. But um, yeah, I put it all in, in defense and it, it worked out. Um,
0: Cause the other player yeah. you bought in on the Game of Gate card was, but, ba-ba. Lukaku, who did not have such a good impact uh, on your on your season and has now been shipped off back to Inter uh, for a very small loan fee of, what, about nine million or something like that. Um, again, I mean, it's a big decision, right? It's a big call to, to go for a, a, a premium striker like that, uh, you know, it not pay off. I mean, your, your wildcard front three, uh, I don't know if you remember this, was Adam Armstrong, uh, Romelu Lukaku and Huang of Wolves. So you talk about going big at the back, you put all your eggs in the kind of Lukaku basket. It didn't pay off, but in the end, it didn't matter because you still won.
1: Yeah, it didn't matter in the end. I mean, and I think a lot of people were, were going to Lukaku. They, Chelsea had such good fixtures moving forward in that great swing um, around seven and eight. And um, and he, he banged in a couple goals uh, to start the season and then he got injured. So I've swapped him out right away for, I think it was Kane yeah. um, and, and then, Goodbye, Lukaku for the one the one week, and it was worthless. <laughs> yeah,
0: God, how, how, I mean, how, honestly, we talk about the the template of, of FPL. I mean, sort of before when you were playing, you, you probably know this, but it's seven eight years ago, all the points are in in strikers. You had so many good strikers in the league. Uh, you know, have had Henrys, Drogba's, Aguero's, Cane's, everyone, and Rooney's. And now it's it's so hard to know who's gonna who's gonna do well. But obviously, we've got Haaland Haaland now and Kane and maybe we'll start seeing a bit of a shift back. But my sense is your early adoption of defenders going big at the back is going to be something we're going to see um, going forward. And we'll talk a bit about um, your plans for next season towards the end um, of this. Um, So moving to the second part uh, of the season, uh, this is when things really started to kind of kick on uh, for you between game weeks 14 and 26. So only one chip played here. That was the game week 26 uh, triple captain, which was, of course, Uh, Very successful. Um, Game week eighteen, though. Look at that. I mean, well, in game week seventeen, you had a game week rank of twenty four thousand nine hundred forty six, which is pretty damn good. You followed that up uh, with a four point hit and a game week rank of nine hundred and sixty six. So those were you halved your rank in game week seventeen from fifty four thousand twenty three, and then down to three thousand one hundred twenty eight. So that period was was although it didn't see you kind of in the top thousand, that was still a big a big swing for you, right?
1: yeah no that was that was huge i i was i think that was around boxing day and it was right around the holidays and um and there was i think 18 it just felt like everything was was you know i'd look up and like another player of mine scored and i not remember all the details but it was it was it was feeling like wow this is um yeah i think i think i had bowen at that time maybe not um anyways it was it was it was fun those were um when everyone's in your team is scoring it's it's really exciting especially when you're watching the games um, let me
0: let me tell you about your game week 18 because game week 18 was when uh, it was the 18th of December and it was when games were just getting called off kind of left right and center there's actually only four games on uh that week which was Leeds Arsenal Newcastle City Wolves Chelsea and Spurs Liverpool you managed to hit every single point, pretty much, of all the players. You captain Sterling, who got 16. You had Martinelli, who got 15. And then, you know, your big at the back strategy, every, all five of your defenders um, returned. Trent with seven, Alonso with nine, James with six, Diaz, unsung hero with 12, and Cancelo <laughs> with, with 18. So, you know, there wasn't a huge pool of players to pick from, but... You managed to get every every single one of them, uh, pretty much. Yeah.
1: Hell of a week. Yeah, You're reminding me that was that was Cancelo's um, haul. That a yeah. lot of people did that differential captain on him, and I didn't. I went with Sterling, and for a while I think Sterling um, scored at the end of the game, and um, and I was I was thinking like, oh, I was I was going to go with Cancelo, and then I, I pivoted at the end, um, but it, it worked out. It did. Big time.
0: Because uh, you, you had a couple other good um, game weeks around this time as well. So Game Week 21, 84,000, Game Week 22, 72,000. You had a horror, a horror show in Game Week 23 when you finished sort of around 6 million uh, on the Game Week ranks. Mm. Um, yeah, but that,
1: I think if I remember that week was also very low scoring. And mm. so it, it didn't hurt me as bad. Like I had a bad week when a lot of people had a bad week. So um it wasn't you know it wasn't as and sometimes you you need that your bad weeks are, are times it's all about. Bad, you, don't, you don't lose out as, on, as many points um and your if your good good weeks are in high scoring weeks then yeah you you really um build up a big cushion so from a points basis that one didn't hurt me as bad as the game week ranks says
0: yeah i mean out, out of these out of game weeks 14 to 26 you had five uh, game week ranks in the top 100k which is you know incredibly consistent across across that period and and only one um oh actually a a couple sort of around the five six minute you you did have a couple of quite bad ones but your good ones were so good and like you say you didn't get punished too badly in the ones where they were bad so yeah Yeah. that's what you've got to do right just just do well when it's when no one else does and do badly when (laughs) everyone else does as well easy yeah i think it's
1: it's you have to understand that you're not going to get green arrows Mm. throughout the whole season it's going to you're going to have to take some hits on the chin um, because, you know, if, if you look at the long-term, you're picking players who are going to score the most points across the season. They don't all do it at the same week. And so it's, um, you know, you have to accept the red arrows, but that's not the end of the day and you can come back and fight back with um, with some good weeks of your own. And, and yeah. I, I think those will show that. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you, you, you don't mind a hit. You, you take, you know, the kind of occasional hit. I think you took, uh six hits over this kind of 12 week spell what's your general kind of policy with with hits because a lot (laughs) a lot of people who do really well don't like them at all and often you know will will actively try to not not take them but you seem a little bit more i wouldn't say yeah but quite a few four point hits here
1: i I took i took some hits i minus eights and twelves i i haven't i don't think i took maybe i took one minus eight this Mm -hmm. season um but It's. I think it's very team dependent, and you got to see where you where your risks are and what you can gain out of it. And if it's, you know, I was fortunate that I didn't have a lot of players that had you know games canceled, so I wasn't rolling into a week with, uh, you know, without a with you know ten starters or anything like that. Um, So I I think over the course of the season, I didn't take quite as many hits as maybe others. I think I took 10 across the season. I think a lot of them were in this period because of COVID fixtures and, um, trying to pivot to make sure that I hit and optimize my team. Um, and so it's easier to take a hit when you maybe don't have a player playing or somebody gets injured. It's harder to take a hit when you have, you're just trying to target a better fixture. Um, so in general, I like to avoid it if I can. Um, but there are certainly situations, injuries, um, double game weeks and, um, cancellations, which probably won't happen as much this season um, <laughs> where I think it's it's much more beneficial and, and the the math works out that it's it's a risk worth taking um so I'm not I'm not like no hits it's it's got a place and a time for yep. sure
0: yep uh and then looking at the final uh stage of the season uh so this is gaming 27 to 38 so to game 27 you're you're 32nd in the world Uh, not bad at all Um, you did fall down to uh, outside the top 1k uh, in game week 33 and that was off the back of uh, a free hit what were you what were you thinking around then though because you've gone from you know 32nd in the world four red arrows in a row uh, and then you free hit and then you're outside the top 1k you must have been thinking you know this this is probably over now right
1: yeah no, I was I was like so I saved all my chips. I had a plan to roll them out at the last couple of weeks. Um, and cause it was best for my team. I was able to, to get by some of the blanks in 27 and 30 without having to, to do too much surgery to my team. And I was able to cover most of the main threats. And then, um, so 28, 29, 30, 31, I, th- I got the elusive gray arrow in 32. Um, and then, um, 33 was like, I get to finally play my chips. I took these punches and I'm like, I'm ready to fight back. And then it was just a crushing blow of doubling my rank. And, and I was kind of like, oh, like, yeah, it's, it's over. I, I, I'm totally out of it. Um, and that, that I was talking to somebody else, that mental, um, switch of, of like getting hit so hard in, in 33, I think informed some of the decisions that i made in 34 mm. to really attack it because i I've, I've dropped back i've got to do even more and so some of the decisions i made in 34 are probably because of that drop and so i'm thankful for that drop because i probably wouldn't have maybe not have won if i uh, if i didn't didn't take that one on the chin
0: yeah because you, t- you took Salah out Salah left uh in 34 um, on the wild card de bruyne came in uh, more on him in a minute he Broke me, uh, that guy. Um, but you kept faith in in five at the back. So um, you 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 gone off five at the back. You were you were three at the back, kind of in in game thirty two. Um, you free hit and stuck with three at the back as well. And then thirty three, you kind of uh, in thirty four. Sorry, you almost went back to your roots. You went for Alonso, who got nineteen. Van Dijk, James, Matip came in, uh, and Cancelo. So. Was that a were you, was that kind of based on previous successes you'd had earlier in the season? did you kind of did that kind of make you want to try this again?
1: I'm I don't think I thought about that in that way, but i, I am, I'm sure subconsciously mm. it was part of it was part of it. I think the the biggest thing for me was at the end of the season those top teams just had such good fixtures and so those the points I felt were in those teams. And from a price point, it just, I was able to work in more of them. If I focused on bringing them in in the back um, and focusing in on attacking defenders and, um, and not quite the most attacking because I also needed to, to fight back against people who were ahead of me, who had those people. So effective ownership played into it a bit. And I, yeah. I kind of took some risks to attack players that, um, that others didn't have, but also kind of met with that criteria of of being able to fit as many of these players from these the, the top couple teams um, in my squad to to attack the fixtures that were ahead of them.
0: Yeah, because then look at that in Game Week 36. This is when you played your bench boost. 201 points. Uh, tripled my score uh, that week. <laughs> <laughs> A Game Week rank of 310. And, you know, players that you'd, you'd bought, I mean, obviously, De Bruyne, you bought in on the wild card. Um, Enketa, Enketa you'd bought in as well. Uh, you had Mane um, too. All of your defenders came in, including your goalkeeper again. So you're five at the bat, you know, of eleven points, James thirteen, Cancelo fourteen, Alonso with with seven. Diaz was back in your side. Unsung hero Diaz with, with four. Um and then you brought in Luis he got, Diaz. He, got he, got he, did, so he did. He got injured.
1: He did. Then. So uh, I, if I went with Laporte, it would have been Oh um, god, it yeah. A, it was a fifty uh, fifty right. it would have been a little bit different, but yeah. It's okay. I don't think you, know I don't think you can and... complain. <laughs> you know, it's funny because Winning FPL, it's, you know, I had thought that you got to get all your decisions yeah, right across exactly. the season to do it. And I did not, I did not get everything right. I got a lot of things right. And I got a lot of um, of of luck on the decisions that I made, that there were large swings that I got right. Um, but I got some things wrong and I, you know, I, I felt like you had to be perfect to mm. win FPL. And, and that's, <laughs> that's not the case. You can get some, some things wrong. And still um, yeah, still make.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I've got your average game week rank. Um, I think we, we talked about it before we came on. It's it's maybe not the best metric to use because you did have, you know, lots of good game weeks and then some kind of, you know, ones in like the five million, but because you had so many good ones, it kind of brought it down. But an average game week rank of 1.4 million over the season, it just it just shows that you haven't got to come 100K, you know, every, every year. You, you, can, you can afford to have bad game weeks you've just got to make sure that you have enough good ones to, to kind of compensate and I think that the key thing the key learning because obviously you can't control what whether you have a good one or a bad one but I think the key thing you can control is how you react and how you feel after a bad game week and just think that it's it's not the end of the world it's not necessarily the end of your season you know if, mm-hmm. if the person who finished world number one can be you know half his rank go down to below the top 1k in game week 33 and then storm back and, and still manage to win it I think it's it's
1: a nice story for everyone playing it, it is a nice story and it was it was a, a really exciting couple of weeks um I, you know i 36 i was telling somebody else that um i was in a meeting because the games are you know those were some of the postponed midweek um rescheduled games and kdb is firing in four goals and i'm sitting in a meet at lunch meeting checking my phone and, and like <laughs> getting getting messages from my buddy and uh it like uh, another one another one scored four I'm like oh my gosh I gotta I gotta get out of this meeting and go turn on this game
0: (laughs) I was doing a podcast while the game was on without De Bruyne in my team
1: and uh, every Um, goal that went in just (laughs) like a an arrow to the heart disappointing I was I was watching my rank because I think that was the second half of the of the double. And I had, I was in like the top 20 before, or maybe it was like 50 before that game started. Um, And I just watched my rank on live FPL go from 50 to 20 to 18 to 17 to 14 to, and by the end of the game, it was at 10 and I got, you know, I, I hit the 200 point mark, which was pretty fun. Amazing.
0: And then, and then into the free hitting in Game Week 37, another amazing, amazing week for you. 110 points, 61K Game Week rank. And then you're first, and then you see it off, 38, finish number one. It's great. These, these last, these last, um yeah, from Game Week 27 to 38, I think it's just such an interesting story. Just really encapsulates the highs and lows of, of FPL. But at the, Biggest, you know, the biggest kind of degree um, that you can imagine. So, yeah, again, congratulations. Amazing, amazing Thank end of the season. Well. <laughs> uh, let's take a look at some of the uh, players uh, that did well for you and then let's have a look at kind of just some early thoughts ahead of next season. Obviously, we haven't got the game yet they've announced that it will be in july when in july we don't know at some point in july uh but you know with, with tools like live fpl we can start sort of having a look at potential drafts and potential players that we can we can look at uh, until all the prices come out and all the f- f- positions change and it's all completely meaningless which is more than likely um but i mean this is your kind of team of the season so this is the team of the season of, of the world number one so it's Ram sailing goal uh, trent cancello reese james Salason. Uh, Fernandez, interestingly enough, a bad season for him, but you got him in at the right times. Uh, Bowen, uh, Jota, uh, Kane, and Antonio. So again, it's a it's a lot of players that you'd expect to see on there. They're all high scoring players, and, and lots of people had them. Uh, but yeah, you, Diaz is on your bench uh, with Alonso. Uh, Bro is there just as your kind of third third striker. But yeah, it's it's just a case that you, you got in these players at completely the right times, ahead of the curve. A lot of them were differentials at the time, and you never look back so all these players yeah, no, must have a special think, place in your heart
1: yeah they, no, they do i mean and i love seeing sun in there and having i think probably got more points out of sun than a lot of people did um i think he's the highest one that i that mm. i that i gained my highest gainer um based on effective ownership yep and solid being on this list um but then he shows up as the the biggest threat i lost the most that's best. right Yep. This yeah, this is uh,
0: from FPO Optimise, which I've got the the chart on the on the, on the screen. An amazing tool to show kind of your net points basically across the different players that you've owned in the season. So, like you say, although Sellers in your kind of team of the season in terms of the points gained, actually he cost you. He actually cost you rank, uh, which is a it's a weird thing to think about, isn't it, with someone like that?
1: Yeah, no, it it, it is. But I I went against him at certain times, so I, I lost out. A lot when a lot of people had him um mm. i also went against and i gained other places that you know I, I was able to use that that money um wisely and and find other places to to get points and get more points than what he cost me so.
0: Yep. what's your thoughts on fernandez uh, ahead of next season because i mean he had a, a poor season but obviously showed up in in spells hat trick against leeds game week one uh he had that double game week where he, he managed to get some returns Is he a player you like? Do you think he can he can hit the form that he he had come two seasons ago? I think
1: probably not. The I don't think he's gonna be the two seasons ago, Fernandez, that um that was, you know, equal, not equal, but like right behind Salah that year. I think uh it'll be interesting to see where his price comes in after this season. Uh, you know, if if it comes in at 10 or less, um, he could be a really interesting option. And and with Ten Hag, it's kind of tricky to figure out exactly how he's going to perform with a new manager. So, um, you know, seeing how they do in preseason and um, and we have, I think, I haven't done too much looking at the fixtures, but I think we have a couple of weeks to see how many you play um, mm-hmm. before they kind of have a, a better period of fixtures. So... Um, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see kind of what their roles are and how they're playing tactically as a team before we jump into them. And, and I think there's certainly going to be periods of time where we look to, um, look to a, a man, you, um, asset and, um, there will be periods of time that Fernandez is certainly an option. We'll just, it may not be a, a season long kind of yeah. thing. It'll Be periods and, and, and last season, I only had him in, in stints um i had him at the beginning of the season i had him um you know i brought him in he captained him when he had that um kind of epic 20 20 something point um week and i captained him in again and so i i didn't have him for long periods it was for short stretches and um but that's kind of all you need to to capitalize on some of the points you just got to make sure yeah. you bring him in when they have those periods absolutely <laughs> did you find you do that
0: with the kind of premium assets are you someone who, who likes to kind of shift those around and target specific fixture blocks or are you more kind of a set and forget
1: i i, I shuffled around a lot i think mm. because i put that base foundation in my in my defense um at my wild card i had all my transfers i was able to focus on my attackers um not necessarily just the premiums i i do swap out budget so i'm not just a premium set it forget or a budget set it and forget i think I like to look at all the positions in my team and see where's where can I gain the most um, by swapping out uh, an asset that's maybe not performing, but they're cheaper for somebody else or shuffling that around to, to get a better premium. I think it's a combination of both, um, but definitely chasing some upside and trying to find attackers that have um, good fixtures is definitely part of my overall strategy.
0: Yep, very good. Uh, just some more stuff from FPL Optimised uh, here. This is your kind of uh, successes across your, your different picks. So you're, you had an amazing captain, um, you know, for 48, uh, 33 successes out of 48 picks, 68.7% um, success rate. So close to 70% of your captains uh, scored, um, you know, at least got some kind of return, which is, well, I mean, I can I only dream of, of getting that high. I think mine was something like 50% and that was... Pretty good, for, pretty good for me. What's your kind of strategy with with captains? Purely fixture, or do you look at kind of previous form or records or anything like that?
1: Uh, records, like previous records against the team. I don't, I don't care about that at all. I don't think that informs um, as much. I think it's yeah, the fixture certainly um, and the tactics um, going into that fixture. Um, and then and then how the player has been performing those those are the two things so if the people are getting in good positions um get good stats uh and and playing a good team that's definitely what it I didn't I didn't I would typically if if a you know if Salah was playing somebody who you know City or Manchester United that was a mistake but when when players had tougher fixtures I typically went away from them and 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 found a premium that had a better fixture Mm. Um, even if Salah was um, was stats wise the best pick every week I didn't always go I went away from him um, to attack a fixture and and to attack some things a little differently
0: yep yep very good I mean that is that is a hell of a success ratio what's it been like in previous seasons have you because it's it's always something that people tend to struggle with, and a lot of people call for it to be removed from the game completely because they think it's you know very lucky. But at the same time, if you can get it right, it can it can push you so high up.
1: Yeah, I think it's it is lucky, but it's it's you know it's part of the game. I think it it, it adds a good element to it. Previous seasons, I don't I don't remember numbers, but I think well, I'll just the previous season the last last year I played um i i was way more risky and i was um taking bigger risks than i needed to every week with captaincy and and this year i think i i dialed down that risk a bit and saved it for more strategic places where maybe there was a split captaincy decision and we didn't know if you know know, the community was maybe a little bit more split than i then that's the time where i kind of went more different um and or or when i just I had a gut feeling and somebody That's what I was like to hear. Gonna, gonna go for it, and, you know. That's what you, I you like know? to
0: hear. Some people say, yeah. Oh, when the community split, just go for the safer option to kind of minimize risk. No, use no, that. Use that.
1: Fun. I know. That's not fun. I like <laughs> I like to, you know, and again, everybody plays the game differently depending on what their goals are. But um one of my goals of the season was just to have fun and to beat the people in my mini league and um and it's more fun when you pick somebody that's a little bit different and yeah. They they go for it, but don't. It's not wise to do it every time. So it's, there's a ton plus. place. I
0: was going to say it's fun until you know Havertz blanks against Norwich and Salah gets <laughs> twenty points against United. Uh, luckily, that didn't happen to to either of us, uh, so we can continue to to do our do our strategy. Um, just the final thing from FT Optimise here. It just is your formation over the season. So your your preferred formation was was a four four two. Old school, Sean Deitch uh, style. Uh, you picked that nine times, eighty five points on average when you went for a four four two. Uh five three two uh was your was your next one with seven, uh, sixty eight points of that, and then obviously the three five two, which uh, is, is the kind of classic FPL formation. Um, and then the four five four one after that. So really you know, as, as we've talked about quite a bit, really, really big at the back um for the most most part of, of the season for you. Can you see that changing next season? I bet you're gonna say no.
1: I, I certainly could. It depends on where, um, if, if the game, if FPL makes the prices for defenders, um, we've seen, I think over the last couple of years that I've played, um, just a tactical shift where I think a lot more, um, offensive responsibilities coming from defenders from wing backs. And so I think there is, uh, you know, if FPL, increases the prices on those players it may not be as beneficial to to stick five of them in your team um and may you know may shift that around i i'd be honest i don't really pay attention to my formation when i'm playing and picking Mm -hmm. you know the numbers four four two five i don't really pay attention i just look at my team and go who's the best players that i want to pick out of the players that i have available um and and where do i want to focus on and um you know who do i want to bench i'm never really thinking of like oh I have five defenders this week or I'm just let's just make an objective decision based on yeah who, it's interesting kind of score points
0: because my I i have i've enjoyed playing with, with lots of defenders in, in the past I've, I've had like quite good success but I still have that overriding feeling when I pick a team where if I've got five defenders I feel weaker than if I've got three attackers because I just think oh they could all lose their clean sheet and get one point these strikers could get a hat-trick but I just think we're increasingly seeing defenders racking up Big big scores, you know, you get the clean sheet, they're getting attacking returns. They've got so many different ways of getting points. And strikers are so hard to to predict who's gonna who's playing where. A lot of teams are playing without strikers completely now. They often use as foil for the midfielders and the other options. So I, I really see, you know, defenders really kicking on next season. I think the value we're gonna get from players like Chilwell and James at six million, six five you know even trent if he comes in at seven five eight and gets 200 points there's just no one that can no midfielders or strikers that are going to get close to that uh, oh, totally think. yeah i
1: i certainly think four or five yeah. i will play parts of the season with that um yeah it, i just i don't know until you know we get the season going and we yep. get prices we can kind of start playing around with it on what um what we see but yeah there's certainly big at the back is not going to go away this season yeah. and there there will probably be periods of the season where it's really good and periods of the season where maybe it's not so good yep. we'll see
0: watch well, i i asked you to put together a kind of a a, a quick draft over on live fpl uh, just of some of the players that you're kind of considering ahead of of next season uh i realized i told you this was going to be a 20 minute video we've done 41 minutes and uh, we haven't even covered this yet but it is yeah, it's been really great to to talk, um, you know, about about your season and, and your strategies and, and things like that. Um, this is the team you sent over to me, so this is a, a very very early look. And you you admitted yourself that you hadn't put a huge amount of thought um, into this, but some of the kind you, of core names.
1: Let's let's set the record straight. As sent this request to me this morning Well, when i was sleeping and i put this together in five minutes so.
0: yep i'll just delete, i'll just delete that bit from the video and then no one needs to okay. know that i okay. just yeah <laughs> no, I did. Editing <laughs> yeah i do uh yeah i did i i should have sent it to earlier but i mean you know uh, we're, we're looking at this and again you've gone four at the back you've got rayer in goal uh you've got uh trent Cancelo, perisic so you're looking at the spurs wing backs uh eight nori a uh, 4.5 kind of budget option um, you've got Salah, Wilson and Haaland. So that's your kind of core players. They were probably the first ones that you you, you stuck into this. Uh, and then you're a bit more uncertain about the other three midfielder uh, spots. So we, we've gone with Luis Diaz, uh, Gamiresh uh, and Neto, but that could be any kind of combination equaling around the kind of 21 uh, million mark. So, I mean, you've got Salah and Haaland in there. I think everyone's going to go down that route, right? With, with Liverpool and City's fixtures, <coughs> it's, it's almost impossible to go against them.
1: Yeah, and no, they both have good fixtures, and and that's I think the key. You should I'm not gonna say you should. Salah is gonna be on, in most teams because of his past history and form, and because of the fixtures they have. I think he's a no brainer um, first off. Holland, I'm a little bit more uncertain about. I'd be curious to see a preseason mm-hmm. if we get any indication of how he's playing or how City is gonna play with him if Pep is going to ease him in at all, or if it's just full go, you're starting, you're playing post 60 every week. Um, That'll be interesting to see. So I'm not hundred percent set on Holland. Um, And, and I think I'll say kind of two things. One, I think it's good to be safer right off the bat. Um, You know, I didn't, I was one, you know, my season start last year was not, on fire you know I, we talked about it i was kind of in the 1 million to eight hundred thousand rank for the first four weeks and i think that strategy of just kind of not losing it staying in and around it was was good and um and if you pick kind of the template you can kind of um maintain that you're not going to lose fpl right off the bat um by going too risky and finding all your risks don't pay off mm. um, so i think staying safer with your first team is good um, I think the other thing is, you know, these these individual players, uh, you know, like I said, I haven't given this much thought, but I think it's more important than the specific players you pick to be more flexible with the squad structure and with the, you know, the price points that you pick um, and having, you know, that's why, although maybe I'm not set on Holland and maybe I'd want Sun, I don't know if I'd go to Sun, I might go to Kane so that I have that forward premium spot you'll to switch them on move. if yeah. i need to um, if you know we'll see and learn things in the first couple of weeks that we have no idea about that we can then pivot to and to have the structure that allows you to not have to make multiple transfers to make that pivot i think is is beneficial because you're saving really important transfers at the very beginning that um will help you um you know avoid taking hits right mm-hmm. off the bat um, it allows you to set up and pick, bring in those players that we all see are performing great um, early, um, before having to do a bunch of surgery to our team to make it work. Yeah,
0: I think it's going to be it's going to be really tricky to to make a team for, for game week one actually. And, and you say that you didn't have enough time this morning to do it on the headspace. I sat the other day and tried to put together a team on live FPL and just couldn't do it and it ended up kind of giving up because you've there's sacrifice if you if you're going with Salah and Haaland, you know, when you're looking at kind of Trent and, and Cancelo, it's actually really hard to kind of work out where your money goes. Because we're going to see players like Madison, Saka, Bowen, Foden. These are all players who are going to be going into the 8.5 million mark. We didn't have many of those last season. So then you're looking at players like Chilwell, James, who you haven't got in this draft. But James could be, what, six five seven something like that. Chilwell's at 6. That's where I think you know, when we're looking at, you know, is there at six, I put Neto in at six, but you're comparing those two to Chilwell. I think Chilwell is by far the kind of superior um, option to those. I, I'm i most likely going to be five at the back, like you had all the success with last season, I think, uh, just given the fact that we, we're going to have those two premium spots and that doesn't even leave room for the likes of Son. I, I don't see how you can build a draft with, with Son, Salah and, and Haaland
1: did. Yeah, unless you're going away with uh, you know, like a three at the back kind of situation. Mm. So you're you're making big sacrifices yeah. to squeeze in three. Um, again, i i haven't I haven't thought too much about next season. I've I kind of kind of been waiting to spend my time until the you know we have all the actual information with the the game launch. But um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think three premiums is going to just you're going to end up making sacrifices elsewhere. That I don't think it's necessarily worth the risk of. Um, and the flex loss of flexibility mm-hmm. of having now you have these three big price points if you want to bring in a, a mid-price asset you've got to ditch one of them because you can't upgrade your enablers yeah. that you pick to to make it work um so i think that sacrifice is maybe not worth um, worth it in the long run but I think it's one of the most interesting sort of team building kind of uh,
0: starts of the season we've ever had because I think there's lots of directions you can go in. I think, you know, you've got Wilson in there, for example, and, and Haaland, Well, you've got Kane as well. You've got, you know, Mitrovic, who got 41 goals in the Championship last season, Ivan Toney with, with a good run. There are strikers that we can kind of consider. But if you're going Mm -hmm. with with two or three strikers, that means you can't have the the defence, for example. So you've got to pick out of the likes of Trent, Cancelo, Perisic is going to come in as as a great option. And then midfield was where all the points were last season, the likes of Son, Salah, De Bruyne. So, yeah, I think it's really... interesting. I think we're going to see, you know, big differences in in the formations people play, the players people pick. And I just really hope that the FPL um, get it right. Because if if the prices are in line with, with what live FPL predicted, I think it's going to make it really, really interesting. So... Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think that that the biggest part of this is also knowing when you're going to target a wild card, but having a general idea yeah. of, of. And depends on what we do, what FPL decides to do with uh, the wild, the World Cup, and how they decide to handle that. But um, an earlier wild card to help. Um, to help pivot like your game week one team does not have to have all the players that are going to score all the points over mm-hmm. the whole season. Um, they just have to you know attack those kind of earlier fixtures you can kind of pivot off of them um, and and kind of fit in as you see like we didn't know anything about Bowen was going to go on the, the run that he did and the, the season that he did um, at the beginning of the season and so you know we all brought him in later you know you don't have to have all those people in your game week one team and that's okay um we just gotta find because not everybody plays at their top level the whole season not everybody's salah to to churn out points every week um so we gotta um you know be a little bit more flexible with that and and you can shift on to them in your in your first wild card and that's okay i think um just to kind of focus on those first Mm. weeks Decide when you're going to play that wild card or general idea, um, and then then pivot if if you don't need to, or bring it forward if you really need to. I'm I'm definitely guilty of that. Looking at players
0: and thinking who's going to have an amazing season this season in that game week one draft. It doesn't matter who's going to have a great season. Who's going to have a great six weeks? Great first six weeks. Look at the fixtures. Look at the you know, the the teams that have made good signings and we think are going to kick on from from next season and target those, completely agree. Mitrovic
1: could score a whole bunch of goals, but his fixture run at the beginning of the season is terrible. Um, So probably not going to be in my team based on the fixtures and based on that kind of philosophy of uh, attacking what we've got in front of us. And we can deal with the long-term as some of those different teams um, that maybe we're not looking at right off the bat, getting the better runs of fixtures. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Jamie, I'm going to let you go. It's, uh, yeah, sorry, it's, it's overrun, but it's been, as I said, been absolutely brilliant um, talking to you and I'm glad we've we've managed to catch up uh, ahead of next season. I mean, you, it's great that you're, you know, it's great to hear from people who do so well in the game, who are so engaged and looking at tools and, and people in the community, not people who, you know, just say, you know, oh, we, I just got lucky kind of all, all year. You clearly know what you're doing, know what you're talking about and it's, it's encouraging. It means you know, if you put the work in, we should all we should all um look to, to emulate you. But what you've got to do now though is is keep motivated and, and kick on and be the first person to win it twice,
1: right? That's that's the that's the ultimate goal. <laughs> uh, for sure. We'll see if it happens and, and it does take a lot of luck. So uh let's see if I can cash in some more this season. Amazing.
0: Well, thanks so much for talking to me, and uh we'll catch up soon and good luck uh next season.
1: Thanks, Az. You too, it was fun.
0: Hi everyone thanks for watching and listening to the latest video and podcast if you haven't already make sure you like the video subscribe to the channel or drop us a review if you're listening on the podcast version this is just a reminder ahead of next season that Fantasy Football Scout memberships are currently locked at last season's price of 24 for the year, and this is your final chance uh, to grab the offer before the price goes up ahead of next season. Uh, if you're not familiar with Fantasy Football Scout, we're a website which offers tools uh, and articles and videos um, which can help you be a better FPL manager, rise up the ranks and win your mini leagues. We've got things like optostats, loads of player stats and then XGI data and uh, other that can help you pick out gems of, of players. We've got comparison tools, which lets you pick uh, three players to compare to see who you think is going to do best. We've got a fully customizable fixture ticker, a transfer planner, a great Hall of Fame, which allows you to compare your season histories to other managers. Uh, we've got loads of members articles done by Neil, who's the absolute hero of, of those 200 plus members articles we had last season we've also got members videos weekly with Mark Southerns and Andy North as well so if you're interested in all of that and you want to do better next season in FPL I strongly suggest you go to fantasyfootballscout.co.uk and sign up for a membership ahead of next season